The Departing and Returning Nobleman On another occasion Jesus had thrown further light on the kingdom of God by comparing himself to a nobleman who was destined to depart and later return to take charge of his father's kingdom. Jesus told this parable in order to clarify, in the simplest terms, the stages of the divine plan in history of the kingdom. His audience, many of whom had accepted his claim to messiahship, very reasonably expected, and I quote, that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. Luke 19 verse 11. Luke's account leaves us in no doubt that the kingdom of God under discussion was a kingdom based on Jerusalem and the geographical proximity of the king to the capital prompted the excitement that the hopes of the prophets and the nation were now finally to be realized. The parable which followed was to teach the lesson that the kingdom was not to appear immediately, that it would appear eventually was not in question. Moreover, its appearance would mean the destruction of Jesus' enemies, and I quote, these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slay them in my presence. Luke 19 verse 27. Not for one moment did Jesus suggest that the people had misunderstood the nature of the kingdom or that they should look only for a kingdom in the heart. By means of a simple story about the nobleman, he made it clear that the kingdom of God would not be publicly inaugurated until he returned from heaven after having received from the Father his royal authority. At his return, he would exercise his royal power by executing his enemies for refusal to submit to his sovereignty, Luke 19.27. At the same time, his faithful followers were to be rewarded for their productive service while the master had been absent by being put in charge of urban populations in the kingdom, Luke 19, verse 17. The parable made perfect sense as a confirmation of what the celebrated Psalm 2 had predicted of the Messiah, the Lord's anointed. According to the Psalm, God had promised to give his Messiah, I quote, the nations as his inheritance and the very ends of the earth as his possession. That's verse 8 of Psalm 2. The king was to break them with an iron rod and shatter them like earthenware. Verse 9. In the same psalm, the world rulers whom the Messiah confronted at his return were urged to, to do homage to the Son, lest he become angry and destroy you. That's in verse 12. Both the Jews and Jesus recognized in Psalm 2 a forecast of the Messiah's conquest of the world at his arrival in power. In Jesus, the Christian community saw, I quote, a male child who is to rule the nations with a rod of iron. That's Revelation 12, verse 5. Indeed, the challenge to a position of authority over the nations was designed by the risen Jesus to spur the faithful on to the end. You'll find that in Revelation 2, 26. See also Revelation 11, 15, 12, verse 5, 12, verse 10, and 19, verse 15, for the application of Psalm 2 to Jesus. Also Acts 4, verse 25 and 26, and 13, verse 33, the latter reference being to the conception or begetting of Jesus 
when God brought him into being. Compare Matthew 1 verse 20, begotten, as in Luke 1.35. Acts 13.34, in contrast to verse 33, speaks of Jesus' resurrection. Acts 13.33 speaks of the beginning of the Son of God in the womb of his mother. 